I'm Nick Abrahams, and welcome to Web3, From Mystery to Main Street, the podcast where we talk about how technologies like crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and the metaverse are being successfully embraced by mainstream businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted today to welcome back to Web3 Goes Mainstream, uh, Ridley Plummer from Tennis Australia. Ridley, welcome back. Great to be here. Thanks for having me again, Nick. It's um, you. You were one of the very first of the uh, of the podcast guests uh, because uh, Tennis Australia has been in the Web three game for for a while now. And could you maybe just give us a little bit of sort of a view on what it is that you do with Tennis Australia? Yeah, it has been about eighteen months now that we've been in the game. I think, which uh, seems like a lifetime ago in a way, but uh, in another. <laughs> Away, it seems like it was only just yesterday. Um, my role at Tennis Australia is looking after all things metaverse, NFT, and Web3, uh, which has been an interesting ride over the last 18 months. As I mentioned, the, the market has changed significantly, but uh, my role is essentially to look at strategy and execution in, in those various spaces and how we as an organization use this exploration in technology to benefit ourselves or benefit our consumers it's um i mean i do feel like because this is this is an evolution of uh, i guess of your role within tennis australia it does feel a little bit like um you know you're a you're a sort of an adrenaline prick or a danger junkie it sort of feels like i had a great career at tennis australia i'm now going to you know do the equivalent of base jumping and punt on web3 because uh, obviously, Ten Australia, you know, during your tenure there, has done some interesting things, but it's been successful, which is perhaps not everyone's experience. Can you just give us a bit of background? So, how did you, how did you morph the business into it? What were the baby steps towards, um, you know, what you've been doing of later times? Yeah, I've always enjoyed a bit of uh, free flowing sport in my time. <laughs> Career risk has led into yeah, always calculated though. Um, has led into, I guess, where my Web3 journey came about. I was, uh, I've been at Tennis Australia now for, for six years or coming up on six years. Uh, I was working in a, in a creative internal commercial role called Business Solutions, which was essentially responsible for all the creative work that went to market for new sponsorship opportunities and commercial opportunities. And in my spare time was dabbling around a little bit with Web3, crypto, NFTs. And we used to talk about that with a few other employees in the office. And a couple of the executives overheard us at a, at a number of times discussing what the NBA were doing and some other sports organizations were doing in the space. And basically came to me in, uh, in late October, early November of 2021 and said, we think we should be making a play in this space as Tennis Australia. Are you interested in running a project? And I sort of said, yep, what's the project? And they said, we don't know. We were hoping you might be able to tell us. Oh, so it was actually pull rather than push. Yeah. Which, oh, that's great. People, yeah, a lot of people um, believe that it was probably me that took the idea to, yeah. to the exec team and, and tried to uh, – get them on board, but they actually came to me and seconded me from my original role into the role that I'm in today, which is now my full-time role, and uh, allowed me the the flexibility and the agility to come up with the idea that became the AO Art Ball and AO Metaverse for Decentraland and now uh, AO Adventure in Roblox, and I guess put a lot of trust in me from a an exploratory perspective in what is a very um, 
new industry and a very untapped um, and it's still somewhat of the wild west and we're still learning on the uh, on the journey but I think it was uh, an incredible moment of um, success for tennis Australia to continue to push the boundaries of innovation and creativity within the realms of new technology as well which we definitely hang our hats on as an organization being innovative and creative and um, using new technology whether it be web3 or metaverse or ai which we we already use or augmented reality etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, come up with as many creative acronyms as you can um, we want to be exploring those i think it's important for organizations whether they be sports organizations regular um, regular uh, organizations or businesses or companies that are out there should be exploring what's available to them in in new technology it's um i mean it was a very bold step that you made with the art ball project because that was obviously the height of nft the nft boom and i'm sure you this has been a little bit of your experience as well so whenever i've spoken to people who sort of don't you know who aren't necessarily deep in understanding the space about nfts obviously it's you know sort of goes to the board a sort of highly speculative asset uh, stuff and so people look a little askance at you when you talk about the nft world and so forth can you talk a little bit about the artball project and how how that grew and the and the sort of success of that the artball grew really quickly that's probably the the short summary it was a it was a project that was spun up in around six to eight weeks in the in the end of 2021 and the start of 2022 um what we identified when i was seconded into that role that we had a very short uh lead time into ao 22 which kicked off in mid-january as everyone everybody knows uh, so if we missed that mid-january time frame we would have essentially had to wait 12 months for the the next one um, we were lucky we got in there because the market did change significantly in that following 12 months. So the art ball is essentially a collection of 6,776 rendered tennis balls, each connected to a 19 by 19 centimetre piece of the Australian Open Court. We then used that uh, AI data, essentially, that, that we get from Hawkeye that tracks the balls in real time and determined where the last match-winning ball landed on the court as uh, the match-winning plot. If your ball was tied to that plot, your ball would then get updated with the relevant metadata from that match. So who was playing in the match, the round that it was in, and the championship that it was in. We then continued to evolve the project into more than just a gamified collectible. We then kind of morphed it into a gamified membership in more ways than one. So what we talked about was how we became more interoperable with other sports and gave access to tickets, for example, to um, other collaborators that might have other projects that we could then um, token gate their NFTs. So when I talk about that, if Unique were an owner of a, uh, let's say, a, an AFL token, for example, yep. we could open our door to you as a, a member of an AFL community or a cricket community or it might be a Nike community or Gucci, whichever you're or a, a, an owner of, we could open the door to uh, benefit you as part of that community. So we would go to market and do uh, collaborations and, and deals with other communities to give access to AOR ball holders. 
So they could then benefit from being a member of our community and get access to other communities as well. What, uh, what we then worked on through the year was how we give more benefit to an art vault holder in the sense of tickets. Yep. So playing on that membership and loyalty conversation, we gave every art vault holder the opportunity to claim two complimentary seven-day ground passes to AO23. Now, I'm not sure if you were... I, 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 I'm, a, I'm definitely an art ball holder. I didn't, I, you know, I don't, I don't live in Melbourne, unfortunately. I mean, I got down for AO23, but um, it was, it was not that week. So, uh, but thank you. It was a, you know, it's an unbelievable offer that, that sort of mixture of the virtual with, with the real. Yeah, we had around 2,000 tickets claimed. By wow, that's owners. fantastic. So the numbers were fantastic. And for us, when we talk about, KPIs of the project, we, we talk about three main pillars, one being innovation, one being audience, and one being revenue. So using that innovation to drive a new audience into the event was really important because we know that the majority of owners in that space were Web3 natives, not necessarily tennis fans or tennis tragic. So that was a way for us to draw a new fan into the sport and engage them with the AO event and the AO brand. And I guess educate them as well that the AO is much more than just tennis. It's a sports and entertainment festival. Brilliant. I love that. It's, uh, and it was, you know, I felt like it was really groundbreaking when you came out with that offer. So, so there's the art ball, which is, you know, that's been successful. And then you've had sort of a big win on the Roblox uh, project. Can you talk a little bit about that? AO Adventure has been an awesome project to work on over the last, uh, what is only seven or eight months now. Uh, we launched at AO23, so earlier this year in, in January. Um, we'd seen a number of other brands explore the Roblox space. And although it's not Web3 as such, it mm. sort of still continues to come under this banner of metaverse. Yeah. Uh, being, a, I guess, a gaming platform that allows for a social aspect as well. And our opportunity there was to engage a global audience at a much younger demographic with a brand that they may not necessarily be familiar with. When we identified the opportunity, we looked at who the demographic that's exploring in Roblox is. It's largely a probably an 11 to 17-year-old kid, uh, and they are based everywhere across the world. They may be familiar with tennis as a sport, but it's highly unlikely that they're familiar with the AO as a brand or an event. So the opportunity for us was, again, using innovation and this platform that was available to us to drive a new audience and drive audience growth. And so I sit within the audience team at Tennis Australia. So one of our our remits is to grow audience within the organisation and ultimately bring more people to the event and engage more people with tennis and get more people on courts playing tennis. So if we can engage with a younger demographic from a younger age and ultimately put the AO brand in front of them uh, as regularly as possible uh, in as natural and native way as possible, one day they may turn on the broadcast and watch the AO from home wherever they are in the world or they may jump on a tennis court and play tennis or even better, they might put the AO on their bucket list of events to go to sometime in the future. And we've 
as of this week, just ticked over 11 million sessions oh, in oh. AO Adventure. Amazing. We're hitting about 18,000 sessions a day in there. So ultimately, by the end of this year, we'll probably hit about 14 or 15 million sessions. And if only a very, very small percentage of those gamers one day choose to come to the AO because they've played AO Adventure, mm. we don't need a huge percentage to make that decision to actually shift the needle quite away. Yeah. Yeah, which, which raises the, the question, I mean, how do you measure ROI? You know, I obviously don't want any confidential information, but but just as a sense of, you know, there's obviously, you know, an investment ahead of the curve in this. How do you, those those stats are incredible. Um, is that is, is that enough? How, how do you report, I guess, back up to, uh, to leadership? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's definitely challenges in, in using innovative, techniques and measures and technology to quantify ROI a lot of times because ROI generally is either visits or dollars. Right. And yeah. so when we talk about innovation, what is ROI and innovation? We are trying to drive a new audience. Yeah. And we know that, that that stat of 11 million, soon to be 12, soon to be 13, maybe 20, maybe 40, maybe 50, yeah. whatever that happens to be in the future, is a great ROI for us. We also want to encourage our partners to come on board as well. So what we've identified through partnerships and, and ongoing commercial arrangements with our, our sponsors is that the AO is hyper-focused to Melbourne and it's hyper-focused in two weeks in January. Right. So how do we extend their brand partnership beyond two weeks in January to a 24-7, 365 partnership? And that's where platforms like roblox have been amazing for us to say hey emirates ralph lauren dunlop mastercard marriott all our great partners in our in our family your brand is now relevant to our audience 365 days a year we're getting eighteen thousand sessions a day in roblox where those consumers are engaging with not just our brand they're engaging yeah. with your brand as well that that is brilliant, and and I'd actually not thought about that, but he, you're quite right because it is, you know, it does feel like there's a hyper focus around, you know, those two weeks, which is, you know, it's an awesome two weeks, and obviously a little bit leading into it, but yeah, the the expansion of the value proposition to the sponsors is um, that's brilliant, and you know, I guess the generative AI juggernaut uh, has sucked a bit of or a lot of the oxygen out of the room on Web three and so forth, so so it feels like. You know, there's there's not as much energy and enthusiasm about it. Can you just talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've been doing, particularly internally with Tennis Australia, on um, on sort of education and getting getting people enthusiastic? As I mentioned earlier, tennis has always been a very creative and innovative organisation, and I think when we talk about how we use AI or AR or different different technologies within the organization and within the event, we've been using some of these technologies for quite a while. And AI is nothing new to us as an organization. Um, is it a new opportunity? Absolutely. Uh, does it open more doors and more opportunities for us in the way that we work as an event, as an organization? Absolutely. Um, I think at, at its core, it improves the sport of tennis. It improves the reliability of um, line calls, for example, where we don't have lines people anymore. We use 
artificial intelligence to call the lines. Mm. So in, in some ways, it's improved the viewing experience. It's improved the, the sport more holistically. We can also use new technology in training, in being able to put more um, suitable rackets in people's hands and actually educate them on why they should have this racket and not that racket because right. of the data and the technology and the process that we use to do that. Um, so our tennis lab, for example, uses high-tech AI to train people into the rackets that they should be right. using. Okay. Um, I guess internally, it's also important that we educate staff on these explorations in technology and where we see things like Web3, Metaverse, AI going and how that may influence them or even benefit them in their career going forward or how they could use it and how we're using it as an organisation. So uh, late last year and, and just recently this year, we have started using POAPs. So for anyone who's not aware of a POAP on the call, this is a proof of attendance protocol. So think of it like a, a bookmark or a digital ticket stub that you may get for going to an event or an achievement that you've completed. So internally, we use POAPs for leadership courses that people undertake as a core element of their education within uh, their employment of at Tennis Australia. So only this week, we had a group of 37 people who completed a leadership course. At the end of that course, we got them all to download the POAP app and download a POAP that will store in their phone on the blockchain and give them, I guess, an extension of what would traditionally be a certificate that you get handed and it probably finds its way into your bottom drawer <laughs> of your office desk, never to be seen again. Yeah. Or we would send you an email that had a PDF on it and that email finds its way into an archive or it's off your, your homepage on, on day one of, of receiving it. So what we wanted to do is, I guess, gamify a little bit of people's education and employment and how we grow that down the, down the track is really important. We've talked about having that for um, coming to work coming to the office, uh, coming to special events. Oh, to- as in to encourage people to come into the office. Absolutely, we could uh, we could do. And yeah. uh, it's kind of a little bit like your old school loyalty coffee card. Yeah, yeah. Once you've got five coffees, you get your sixth free or whatever that happens to be. So do we actually, through loyalty and gamification, increase people's engagement with their employment? Um, we could do this on a larger scale as well. It could be event specific. It could be employee specific. It could be office specific. Yeah. It could be seeded in emails. If there was a, a company wide email that went out, we could put a QR code at the bottom of it and people could claim the, the POAP because they've read that email, for example. And then at the end of your Christmas party, is there prizes that go out to yeah, people yeah, who yeah. have kind of earned the most POAPs? Or yeah. um, is there a, a level of gamification or reward that is is given to the person who may have collected the most. Um, or we could have hidden POAPs out there as well that are kind of like the uh, Willy Wonka's golden ticket, right? <laughs> it's, it's, that, is, that is brilliant. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, you know, full credit to you and the whole organisation for, for really having the preparedness to, you know, to do that exploration. And, uh, and it sounds like it's, it's working incredibly well on a number of levels. Maybe just to finish off just for those organizations out there that are you know looking at the space and so uh, is there 
Are there areas, is there low-hanging fruit, would you say? You've got a very clearly defined strategy um, around growing audience, which is incredibly helpful, I think, to inform how you're going to invest in the space. But, you know, are there areas that you would say to organisations, you know, particularly in the business-to-consumer space, to focus on, whether it's loyalty, uh, customer engagement, et cetera? Just some thoughts around that. I think loyalty is going to play a really important part in this space going forward. I think once the interoperability of different platforms and blockchains comes together and starts to work more functionally, once the user experience improves, I think the opportunity for brands to engage with consumers on a level that they haven't seen previously becomes really important. I think the opportunity for us as Tennis Australia, for example, to collaborate with other organisations, other sports brands, other brands, other companies, whatever it happens to be, to benefit their consumers or gain access to their consumers through the tech um, opens up a whole world of possibilities for us. So I think there's there's no one organisation out there that I think has cracked the code yet. We've seen a whole lot of big global organisations and brands come to play in this space, and we're talking about the the Gucci's of the world, the uh, Starbucks. We see that PayPal only in the last 48 hours has released their own cryptocurrency stablecoin. So we're seeing a lot of development from big organisations who are, as we say, exploring, uh, exploring what it could be, but making sure that when the plug is ready to be plugged into the port, the port's there and ready to accept it. So I think for a lot of organisations, Finding out where the opportunity lies for you is really important and there's a lot of people out there that can give a little bit of guidance and a little bit of education on what the opportunity might look like. Terrific. Well, thank you very much, Ridley. You've got uh, you've got a few months before AO24, but I imagine uh, things are still going at fever pace there. So, uh, so best wishes for that and thank you once again for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nick. Great to chat again. Thanks for listening to Web3 from Mystery to Main Street. Nothing in this podcast is legal or financial advice. Have a great day. And remember, every organisation needs a Web3 strategy.